Where Brooklyn at? Y'all in the house? Brooklyn in the house. What's going on, y'all? I'll give you greetings from Epiphany Church in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, we y'all little brother uh, down there in, in Delaware. Uh, y'all got as many people on this block as we have in our whole city. Uh, so <laughs> we got a little bit of sensory overload today. Um, but listen, uh, I am just deeply encouraged to to be here with you guys, um, just to watch the journey of Epiphany Church in Brooklyn. Man, I remember going over to the first Vision Night um, over uh, down at that little spot. Um, we couldn't fit like 20 people in there, um, but the Lord has done amazing and wonderful things uh, here in Brooklyn. You guys just turned three years old. Yeah, three years old. Y'all pastors up there on videos and stuff like that, rapping and doing their thing. Like, it's, that's awesome. So listen, um, I just want to give honor to your pastor, uh, Pastor Brandon, who I love. He's my big brother um, in the faith, and I just love him. So give honor to him. Uh, to Lady Ty, you guys for having us here. We love you, Ty. Uh, so we just give glory to God, uh, who's first in our life um, and who made it possible for me to be here today. Um, but also, I wouldn't be where I am today uh, without the love of my beautiful chocolate wife. It's <laughs> my baby. Wave your hand, baby, so they can see you. Say hey. I say that's my, uh, she's my Reese's peanut butter cup. She's dark like chocolate on the outside, but she's sweet like peanut butter on the inside. I feel my help coming right now. Come on, somebody. So <laughs> let me jump into this word. I got a sermon title for you today as Persevering Love. Persevering Love. I'll be in Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. When it comes to love, we, we all want to be loved. The, the deepest human desire is for, uh, is for love. No matter whether that's romantic love, family love, friendship love, we all just want to be loved. And the Bible has much to say about love and the different types of love. And the heart and theme of the Bible itself is love. But deeper than that, I want you to see this, is that the heart and character of God is love. So much so that he would send his son into the world to die for our sins on our behalf, to pay a penalty that we should have paid. So here in Luke chapter 6, Jesus explains for us how love for God, love for neighbor should be priorities in our lifestyle. So that's where we're going today. Join me, Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 36. Hear these words of our father. Jesus says, but I say to you who listen, somebody say listen, love your enemies, do what is good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, uh -oh. pray for those who mistreat you. Here y'all go, getting ready to walk out on me in the sermon. If anyone hits you on the cheek, 
offer the other also. If anyone takes away your coat, don't hold back your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks you. And from someone who takes your things, don't ask for them back. Just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. Verse 32 says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do what is good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to be repaid in full. Somebody cue up Eric B. and Rakim. Verse 35, but love your enemies. Do what is good and lend expecting nothing in return. Listen to this promise. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high. For he is gracious to the ungrateful and evil. Be merciful just as your father also is merciful. Father, thank you for the for this word, word that is sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord, severing the marrow from the bone. And God, I pray that this word would get deep down into the marrow of our souls, God. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that when we hear these words, we might respond by saying, Lord, help us to obey. And it's in that same spirit, Lord, that I pray that you would stand in my body and think through my mind and speak through my mouth and let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable. In your sight, my Lord, my strength, and my redeemer, in whom I place all of my trust. And the whole church said, amen. Listen, when it comes to love, we have to remember that it's not always equivalent to butterflies in your stomach. When it comes to love, it's not always equivalent to magic in the air. See, when we focus too heavily on the way that love makes us feel emotionally and physically, we can forget that love is not exclusive to people that we know intimately. See, Luke chapter 6 describes love as an action. And if you are constantly, if you are constantly looking for your feelings to align with love, then you're not looking for love at all. You're looking for leverage. You see, love is a choice, which is why we don't have to feel love in order to give love. So... Persevering love is a choice, and I want us to see this. And the way that we make the choice is we have to understand that love does good no matter the circumstance. Hear these words of Jesus. He says, but I say to you who listen. <clears throat> see, love starts with listening. This word means to attend to or to perceive. And Jesus, he just finished giving a warning to those uh, who, who were self-satisfied. In verse 24 through 26, he gives, he says, but woe to you who are rich, for you will receive comfort. Woe to you who are now full, for you will be hungry. And woe to you who are now laughing, for you will mourn and you will weep. 
So Jesus is painting a clear picture for us is that when we seek our own satisfaction, then we're not walking in love. And when we refuse to listen, it's because we are seeking to satisfy ourselves. I got a witness in here today. You ever been in a relationship and you've been fighting for that person to listen to you, to, to hear what you're saying, to, to hear you out, but they can't hear you because they're too busy trying to satisfy themselves. But, but when you are seeking to love others, you will start by listening to the concerns of their heart. See, Jesus, he's saying two things to us in this passage. He's saying to us that if we are seeking to satisfy ourselves, then we won't hear his word. Or the word of those who we're in relationship with. And the second thing he says is that we will seek to hear his word if he is the source of our satisfaction. See, when Jesus is your source, you will run to the word to see what the word has to say about your situation. When Jesus is your source, you will run to the word to hear what he has to say about what you should do in that relationship that is falling apart. When Jesus is your satisfaction, you will run to the scriptures to see how Jesus is calling you to live here in this life. And here's what we got to note. Trustworthiness builds satisfaction see when you trust somebody you're satisfied with them and trustworthiness it comes through perseverance so Jesus here he's painting this picture for us he's saying to us that perseverance and satisfaction are bookends in love see satisfaction will cause you to persevere in relationships even when things get difficult and persevering in love will cause you to be satisfied even when you're in the midst of difficulty. See, when you're in relationships, you've got to continue to press forward and persevere and move forward even when that person isn't loving you well. When that family member is not treating you the way that you want to be treated, you've got to continue to persevere in love. And see, this, this here presents us, Jesus presents us with a new ethic about love. He says here, love your enemies. Can I tell you that no one was expecting Jesus to say that? Nobody. Love your enemies? Like, that don't even make sense, Jesus. What you talking about? He's telling us to here to, to love our enemies. So he's presenting a new ethic about love to us. And if we are seeking the satisfaction of Christ versus the satisfaction of ourselves, then we will persevere in things that are difficult to do. So when Jesus says love your enemies because you're satisfied in Jesus, you can go ahead and love your enemy because that's what Jesus commanded you to do. So this is, a, this is a new ethic that Jesus is teaching us. This is a radical teaching that he was giving here. But I want you to see the import of what Jesus was actually saying here in this passage. This word here that he used for love is a word that means to be fond of, to be well pleased, and to be contented with. So listen to what Jesus is saying. He's saying, be fond of your enemies. Be well pleased with your enemies. Be contented with your enemies. Y'all are quiet in here. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know about that. Like, that's, that's a little bit on the offside. But 
this import moves relationships with one another into a different stratosphere. Like, we're not ready for this kind of love. We're not ready to be all fond of those who've been hating on us all week long. But Jesus is saying, he's saying, be fond of those who don't always treat you the way that you desire to be treated. Be well pleased with those who have done you dirty in the past. Be contented with those who have selfishly behaved towards you and don't consider your needs in the relationship. So when he calls here, he says, your enemies, I want, I want to present a new ethic to us about who your enemy actually is. So your enemy isn't always the person who's coming at you. Your enemy isn't always the person who's after you and who's hating on you and all that stuff like that. I know y'all got to go delete your Instagram page because y'all got all the stuff about y'all haters up there right now. But this isn't what this all is always about. This is about your enemy is sometimes the person in your life who is closest to you who won't do the thing that you want them to do as it relates to you. The enemy is the person in your life who's close with you and who is, at a, is having a hard time with seeing things your way. Jesus says, love them. Love that adversary. But watch this. Jesus, Jesus is the best preacher of all time. Like He was the best preacher ever to live. So that means he gives you practical applications to do what he tells you to do. Watch this. He says, love your enemies. Say, how, Jesus? Y'all say, how, Jesus? There you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. He says, do what is good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. So what Jesus says, do good to those who hate you. The good that Jesus is referring to here, it means to, to do good or excellent or beautiful things for someone. So in other words, Jesus is saying, he's saying, prepare beautiful and excellent things for those who hate you. What is you talking about, Jesus? When that coworker is pursuing you with hatred, make the work environment more beautiful for them. Show up to the job with fresh fruit and just put it on a desk. Walk away. Because they're obviously hangry. That's why they're treating you like that. They're just a little bit upset. Show up with some flowers and put it on the desk. Make the work environment more beautiful. When that child that you've been struggling with starts treating you like they ain't never heard a word you ever said to them, construct a more excellent condition whereby they can communicate with you about how they're actually feeling. Because if we're real, we, we, we'll, we'll note that we, we don't actually make it easy for our kids to come talk to us. We always yelling. Sit down somewhere. Like, Mommy, I just want some juice. Dang. But deeper than that, when that spouse is persecuting your character on a regular basis, you've got to be the author of a new narrative where you inundate them with kindness to the point where they're unable to ignore your love. Let me be clear. If this is a dude you're dating and he's persecuting your character, 
you drive him to the bodega, tell him to go inside and get his life. <laughs> and you drive away. If you want to, you can send him a code for Uber so he can catch a ride somewhere else. But watch this, y'all. Look at this. This is beautiful here in this passage. I love this. Verse 28. He says, bless those who curse you. The word for blessed there is where we get the English word eulogize. So when I do a funeral, as a pastor, and I do, I do a lot of those. When I do a funeral, I stand over the person and I eulogize them. In other words, I pronounce blessing over them to the family. And so when, when we bless those who curse us, we invoke blessings on them who curse us. In other words, when you bless those who curse you, you bury them. If you really want to stun on your haters, if you really want to bury your haters, then you've got to bless them and invoke blessing onto them. That's the way that you shine on your haters. He says, listen, persevere in love, because this word also means to cause someone to prosper. So persevering love looks like you causing your enemies to prosper. That means you walk up on that coworker and say, hey, listen, I know you've been a little bit behind on that project. Is there anything that I can do to help you out so that you can get ahead of schedule because I know you've been struggling with this? It's when you walk up to that, to that knucklehead in your life who won't listen to what you're saying and say, hey, is there any way that I help you out with your goals here? Because I see that you're struggling and you're a little bit behind with kind of stuff. And you seem frustrated. you got to cause people to prosper. That's the way you persevere in love. And this cursing is a pronouncement of doom onto you. But Jesus says, nah, I don't want you to pronounce doom on them back. I want you to celebrate them. Start celebrating your haters and watch God move you right on past them. See... Here's what he says next. Pray for those who mistreat you. You're like, nah, Jesus, I'm not praying. Like, I could put hands, but I'm not going to pray. Like, <laughs> facts. That's what y'all say up here, right? Facts. Like, facts. But here's what this word means. This word for pray, it means to supplicate or to beg for something earnestly and humbly. So Jesus is saying to beg God on behalf of your enemies. This is a different type of love, y'all. Like you talk, you want to spread love the Brooklyn way? Let's spread love the Jesus way. Like this is a different type of love. It's a different ethic of love that Jesus is calling us to in this passage. And if we're really going to be followers of Jesus, if we're really going to walk the way that Jesus has called us to walk, then we've got to do the tough stuff of loving people even when it's hard and even when it's difficult for us to love. It says to beg God on behalf of those who mistreat you. And people who are mistreating you, watch this, is because most of the times they're falsely accusing you for something that they lack. See, that person that's always on your case is because they see something in you that they desire for themselves and they don't have it. That's why you've got to beg God on their behalf. 
Because there's something going on in them. They're not seeing what their true identity is in Christ. And they're not seeing who they really are in God because they're looking at you to see what's inside of you. And they desire it because they don't have it. But if we're really going to be the people of God, we got to pray for those who mistreat us. All right. I'm going to prepare for a couple of y'all to walk out right now. Verse 29, he says, if anyone hits you on the cheek, offer the other also. Amen, sis. I know your mama told you that if they hit you, you hit them back. I understand. I understand. And you got to listen to mama, right? Mama said it, so you got to do it. (laughs) But hear this. This word, it's interesting that this word here in Greek, it looks like the word typo. And so it's interesting that the way that we strike people today is through typing. We have on Instagram, Snapchat, in the text stream, in the group chat, and we start striking people. You get on Instagram and you start putting up posts that you know you ain't supposed to be putting up. You get up on Facebook and start saying stuff that you know you ain't supposed to be saying. And you be looking around wondering why your relationships is all in shambles because you said some stuff on there putting all your business out on on, on the web. For everybody, we do more damage in our relationships through typing than we do through talking. Because most of us don't have the communication skills to be able to sit down with someone and let them know how we truly feel about what happened. So we've got to learn some communication skills and learn how to submit ourselves to this word, which tells us to humble ourselves in those situations so that we can go before somebody and say, listen, I'm broken right now and I'm hurting right now because what you said to me, it did a number on me. And I just need to let you know that because I want to continue to be in this relationship with you. And in order for that to happen, I need you to know that I'm really hurting because of what you said. We won't have the vulnerability to do that. When he says that if they hit you on the cheek, offer them the other one. What Jesus is saying here is that you, that word means you got to reach in order to do it. So Jesus is teaching us, what he's teaching us, this new ethic that he's teaching us is the ethic of the, of the extra mile. You've got to go the extra mile in relationships if you're truly going to love people. This word implies a reaching forth. And we've got to be willing to go the extra mile in our relationships towards loving those who hate us. So he says, here, if anyone takes away your coat, don't hold back your shirt either. What are you talking about, Jesus? This this doesn't make sense. So Jesus says, if someone takes away your coat, this is a coat, don't withhold your shirt. Not this shirt. The word talks about the undergarment. Many of us are kind-hearted enough to give somebody our coat. We see somebody outside, they cold, they obviously lesser down, like, we'll take our coat off. Fellas, we be trying to impress the girl on the first date, and like, we take our coat off, you know what I'm saying, and put it over her, even though it be brick outside, and you know you really shivering. Like, ain't nobody tell her to come outside, try to look all cute. <laughs> Should've wore a coat. <laughs> But we be trying to, you know what I'm saying, here, shorty, I got you, take this coat. So most of us, we, we're kind-hearted enough to do that. 
what, what Jesus is saying in his ethic of the extra mile, because this word means your undergarment, Jesus is saying, if they take your coat, don't withhold your undershirt. See, we don't, we won't get that vulnerable because, listen, most of us will take our coat off in here, right? But ain't, uh, we ain't taking off our undergarment. That requires a level of vulnerability that we're not willing to have before people. But if we're truly going to love people the way that Jesus told us to love, that when they take our shirt, we've got to be willing to hand your undershirt to your enemy. So here's what we find in this passage. This is my next idea. Is that persevering love has no parameters. Show me in verse 30. Jesus says, give to some of the people who ask of you. No? no? Oh, let me try it again. Give to the people that you like that ask of you. No? I was educated in Camden, New Jersey school system, so <laughs> I live in Wilmington now and I think I'm fancy, but <laughs> let me read it to you. Give to everyone who asks you. This word for everyone is a deep theological word. It means everyone. <laughs> the Greek is just fascinating here. Um, <laughs> but here's what Jesus says when he says to give. That word means to bestow a gift upon them. So Jesus says, he, what he means is extend yourself to bestow a gift to everyone that asks of you. Meaning, don't withhold your gifting when God has called, has given you a gift. Don't withhold that from the body of Christ. Don't withhold that from other people because there's something inside of you that Jesus has done. And he wants you to give that to other people because there are people in your life that need that gift. And what he's saying, he says, don't, listen, extend yourself to bestow a gift onto everyone. Everyone includes each and every person that, is, that has ever required something from you, even if they weren't willing to give something back to you. Requiring to give all of yourself on the job when they only giving you two nickels. Requiring you to give all of yourself in a relationship and they will only give 2%. Requiring you to give up the intimate parts of yourself, but they're not willing to come towards you and make anything exclusive. Requiring you to support them while they sit around on the couch and drive your car or use your card, your Metro card, which I use every Metro card, is that what it's called? I don't know what it's called. Card, whatever, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. But Jesus is telling us, listen, give to everyone that asks of you. If, if someone takes your things, don't ask for them back. I'm like, take my things. Don't ask for them back. Like, I'm going to go get my stuff. What you talking about? On the hood. Like, I'm going to go get my, all my stuff. So Jesus is saying, listen, persevere in love is not exacting what is due to you, even if someone took a piece of you. See, oftentimes we want to exact what's due to us. 
we feel like we are owed something and we're going to go get it back. They disrespecting me. I'm going to show them. Like we get all out of sorts and we get tossed all about. But Jesus is saying, listen, if someone takes your things, including your dignity, don't go ask for it back. And here's why. Jesus has said, I've given you everything that you need. You don't need to go chase after stuff that people have taken from you because I've given you every single thing that you need. So you don't have to worry about the little piece that they took from you. Jesus has said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus comes to fulfill everything in your life that is lacking. He will restore everything that has been broken in your life. So you don't need to run to people and run after things in order to get back something that you think you deserve. Because Jesus is giving you everything that you need. Listen, I know that they hurt you real bad and made you feel like you were less than who you know God has made you to be. But if you're going to love with the persevering love that Christ is calling his followers to love, then you cannot exact vengeance upon people. This is tricky because when we get hurt, we ask for our dignity back. And the way that we ask for our dignity back often looks like us being a lesser version of ourselves. She hurt me, and I don't ever want to feel that again, so I'm just going to be a dog. I'm going to have side chicks all down the street. You think that you're going and grabbing your dignity back as a man by not allowing yourself to be hurt anymore, but you're really just becoming a lesser version of yourself. So we've got to be careful when we chase after our dignity and go back after the things that we think we should have because Jesus says, listen, I've given you everything. Here's what he says. Do for those, verse 31, just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. Listen here. This, when he says do the same, it means to act rightly or to, to treat well. The best treatment you've ever received was something that you did not deserve. Romans chapter 5 tells us that God proves his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The best treatment that you ever received in your entire life was Jesus stepping into your life and picking you up out of the muck and the mire and placing your feet on solid ground. And guess what? You did not deserve it. So how dare we go ahead and take people and treat them as if we can't give them something that they don't deserve? Everything we have from Jesus, we don't deserve it. But yet he gives to us freely. And, and listen, he's an infinite, holy, mighty God. And if he can give freely to those that don't deserve, how can we in our weak, uh, uh, feeble frailness not give back to somebody? Because oftentimes we think that we're more deserving than God. Here's my next idea. Persevering love pursues sinners. Verse 32, he says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do what is good to those who do good to you, who are good to you, what credit is that to you? 
even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. When Jesus is asking the question, what credit is this to you? The word there is the Greek word charis, which is the word for grace. So, in other words, Jesus is saying is that your ability to love those that don't love you is a proof of grace. Your ability to do good to those who mistreat you is a proof of grace. Your ability to lend to those and expect nothing in, in return is a proof of grace in your life. In other words, if your love does not benefit sinners, it's not love at all. If your love isn't a proof of the grace of God in your life, it is not love at all. And if your love is not a gift of grace to those who have sinned against you, then it isn't love at all. Boo-boo? Like, it's not love. It's not. But Jesus says here, even sinners love those that love them. And listen, the pursuit that I'm talking about here, of pursuing and the, the persevering and pursuing sinners, what I'm talking about here is outdoing sinners. See, we have to outdo sinners in our expression of love to our enemies and to our neighbors. Jesus says that they will know you by what? The love you have for one another. And if we can't outdo the world in showing love, the lo listen, the world wants to love everybody. Like, they want to love everything and everybody. They want everybody to feel loved at all times. They never want anybody not to feel loved. They want you to love the dirt under the ground. Like, they want you to just be careful how you walk because the dirt has feelings too. Like, they want you to love every single thing. We got to outdo the world in loving. Like, we must outdo the world in loving because it is the proof that grace has had an impact in our lives and that we truly receive and accept what Jesus had done on the cross for us some 2,000 years ago. Here's my last idea. Persevering love has no expectation of reciprocation. Verse 35, Jesus says, but love your enemies, do what is good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. See, this expectation means to cause no one despair. Oftentimes, we want to exact what is owed to us, and we expect things because we feel like we are entitled to them. And oftentimes, we expect something back and because we're, we only oftentimes do things in order to get something back. You're only being nice to the coworker because you want to get something back from them. You're only being nice to your girlfriend because you want to get something back from her. Like, the reason why we do that is because we expect something in return. But Jesus is saying, don't expect anything in return. In other words, don't cause anybody despair. When we put the burden on people to return to us something that they may not be capable of giving back to us, we lay a, heavy, a heavier burden on them than even Jesus lays on us. 
Some people in your life just aren't capable of loving you the way that they should love you because they're so broken. Some of the people in your life aren't capable of giving you what you need because they're so broken. And the problem comes in is when we take this attitude towards God. God's not doing what we expect him to do. Therefore, we distance ourselves from God. God's not giving me what I want. But Jesus says, when you lend and love and do good to those expecting nothing in return, listen to this promise here. He says, then your reward will be great. You will be children of the Most High. For he is gracious to the ungrateful and to the evil. Jesus is telling us here that our reward is great when we persevere in love and love our enemies. Because we will prove ourselves to be his children when we love those that are difficult to love in our lives. Because Jesus, he even loves those who are ungrateful. If we're honest in here, we've been ungrateful. If we're honest, we've been ungrateful. I'm ungrateful, number one. I'm always looking at what God is doing in the life of other people, and I'm like, Jesus, how come you're not doing that for me? Jesus is telling us to be grateful. And in your relationships, the reason why you have so much difficulty is because you don't have contentment. You're not grateful for what God has given to you. You got to find something good in the relationships that you have. Like, listen, uh, he, he ain't watched this as right, but at least he tried. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, she, she crashed the car, but it's cool. She was driving herself to work. You know, hey, like, we, we doing it, you know. You got to find something to be grateful for. And then when we can be grateful, then guess what we can do? We can be merciful to people. I'm going to close with this story. Worship team, y'all can come. A mother, she approached Napoleon Bonaparte seeking a pardon for her son. And the emperor replied and said the young, that the young man committed a certain offense twice and it demanded death. The woman says, but I don't ask for justice. I plead for mercy. Napoleon, the ruler, he said, but your son doesn't deserve mercy. And the woman wisely replied, sir, it wouldn't be mercy if he deserved it. And mercy is all I ask. And he replied and said, your son will have mercy. I'm here to let you know that some 2,000 years ago, Jesus hung on a cross to give you the mercy that you did not deserve. Each and every one of us, we were deserving of the penalty of death. But in Jesus, we have mercy. How can we not share that mercy with others? How can we not give that mercy away to those who are in need of mercy? in our lives. We need the Lord's strength to do that. Father,
Thank you for your love. Lord, we pray for your grace, your mercy. Show yourself to be powerful in our lives, God. God, as we persevere in love, God, would you teach us to love the way that you love? May you give us the kind of love that you prayed for in John chapter 17. That we would have the love that you have. So God, teach us to love in community. Teach us to love in relationships. And let us not fall into the trap of being ungrateful. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.